This morning I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess that in Lord's Day 38 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 38 will also read Article 28 of the Belgian Confession, but we begin with Lord's Day 38 of the Heidelberg Catechism. And there we confess the following, what does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained, and that, especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. And I'd also like to read with you Article 28 of the Belgian Confession, page 511 in the Book of Praise. Article 28, everyone's duty to join the church. So in Article 27, we confess the Catholic Christian Church. In Article 28, we confess as follows. We believe since this holy assembly and congregation is the assembly of the redeemed and there is no salvation outside of it that no one ought to withdraw from it content to be by himself no matter what his status or standing may be but all and everyone are obliged to join it and unite with it maintaining the unity of the church they must submit themselves to its instruction and discipline bend their necks under the yoke of Jesus Christ and serve the edification of the brothers and sisters according to the talents which God has given them as members of the same body. To observe this more effectively, it is the duty of all believers according to the word of God to separate from those who do not belong to the church and to join this assembly wherever God has established it. They should do so even though the rulers and edicts of princes were against it and death or physical punishment might follow. All, therefore, who draw away from the church or fail to join it act contrary to the ordinance of God. So far, our confessions. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, boys and girls who belong to him, You heard that personal confession again, Lord's Day 38, about the fourth commandment, that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God. God not only gave us his name, as we considered last Sunday with the third commandment, he also gave us a special day, a day of rest, so that his people can find their rest again with him in, in worship. And that's why believers in the Old Testament were so, they, they understood that and they were enthusiastic about coming together to worship the Lord as we heard that Psalm 122 which we sang at the beginning of the worship service. My heart was glad 
When I heard eager voices call, Come, let us go now, one and all, to Zion, to the house of God. Those people were excited about going to the church of God. Of course, it wasn't church as we know it. It was the temple, the gathering in the temple on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And not all the Israelites could go to that temple every week. Psalm 122 is a song of ascents. So it was sung when the people went up to the, from all the towns in Jerusalem, went up to, to Jerusalem to se- celebrate one of the three great feasts at the temple there. But still the, the psalmist was joyful just at the prospect of being in the temple again. To meet the Lord God there again together with all the other people of the Lord and to praise him. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Brothers and sisters, young people, boys and girls too, you came to church here this morning. You could have said, I'm not going to church this morning. I'm going to stay at home and relax, going to sleep in. You didn't say that. Maybe some of you wished you had of, could stay home to relax. Nevertheless, you are here. You came. And that brings me to the main question of the sermon this morning. Why exactly do you go to church? Why are you here? It's sometimes good to think about that, to just to think that through. Why do you come here on Sundays twice, even if at all possible? There can basically, basically, it can be two answers to that question, two very different responses. And let me try to portray them a bit. First of all, on the one hand, there might be people who say, I go to church because that's the way it's always been. I've always gone every Sunday. They can't imagine not attending church on Sundays. They'd feel strange. They go to church not because it's so wonderful to be there as such. Maybe it's often not that wonderful for them at all. No, they just go out of habit. Grandparents went to church. Parents go to church. I go to church. Just the way it is. They've always been members of church and they see no reason to quit. Their family and friends go there. So they go to Largely out of custom. On the other hand, and I'm I'm describing extremes here, you realize. There are lots of motives between these two extremes. But these are extremes. On the other hand, there might be people who are very joyful about going to church. Attending worship every Sunday. They're delighted to meet with the Lord and the brothers and sisters in the Lord here. Happy when it's Sunday, and they can be guided and encouraged through word and sacrament. Every seven days, they need to tank up. And they don't feel the fourth commandment, diligently attend the church of God as a burden. They don't think it's boring to be here. They think it's wonderful to be able to attend the church of God diligently 
twice every Sunday again. So you see, two extreme, very different attitudes, congregation. And now I could say to you right away, you need to have that second attitude. That's how you need to go to church with that attitude. And you might think, well, it's the minister saying that, and he's supposed to say that. He's bound to, to do that. But that's not the, really the way it always goes anyway. Well, beloved, let's think this morning about how it really is then, honestly. And our theme is, why do you go to church? And I can think of two things here. I want to bring them forward out of faithfulness in the first place, and secondly, to focus on God. Go to church out of faithfulness. Congregation, I'd like to compare attending church to a marriage this morning. You know how a marriage begins if things are, are right. You're very much in love with each other, infatuated with each other even, and you can't imagine that things would ever be any different between the two of you. It's always going to be like this, so close, so intimately happy with each other. But will it always be like that? It won't, will it? At a certain moment, things inadvertently are going to change in that marriage relationship. Not from one day to the next. It happens very gradually, but it does happen. Things change. You inevitably also become preoccupied with other things beside each other. And then that first ardor and intimacy kind of is in the past. That's how things go, realistically. And then, do you say that your love is, is over? Are you going to divorce then because you don't feel the same way about each other anymore as you did at the beginning? Some do, sadly, because they want to be young forever. They don't feel the same way. They figure it's over, part ways. But that's not how things usually go, right? Thankfully, because otherwise there wouldn't be many marriages that would last more than a couple of years. No, you can't expect things to always stay the same as they were at first. Young Romantic love is wonderful. But faithfulness is the real basis of marriage. Faithfulness to each other. Commitment to each other. Staying true to each other when things are great and also when they aren't. That's what a couple will promise each other in marriage, that they'll be true to each other always in good days and bad days. In health and sickness, in riches and poverty, for as long as they both shall live. It's all about faithfulness to each other, being committed to each other. Well, beloved, this is how it is in the relationship with God, too. Sure, sometimes you're going to feel really close to God. Close to the Lord, you're full of zeal to serve Him. 
It's wonderful to feel that way. You can sing when you feel that way. You feel God's grace at work in your life. And you wish you could always feel that close to God as you do at that time. So so enclosed by his love. But it doesn't last as long as you wish. Other things you have to deal with too in life. And the intensity of God's closeness will fade away again as other things clamor for your attention. I think we all have that, right? We all have that, don't we? Sometimes you feel close to the Lord. And you sing and you get goosebumps. And other times and in different circumstances you feel far away. Distant again. Even though you wanted to hold on to that feeling... We can't. We are who we are in this world, in this life. Maybe you remembered, for instance, how you professed your faith and, and how it really felt good with your Savior, how good it was then. But at the same time, now you feel kind of down because that was then and this is now and it's different now. You've been sobered by a lot of things. We read and sang from Psalm 42. Psalm written by somebody who was far, who felt far away from God, far from the temple in Jerusalem. And that man recalled how things used to be when everything was good and when he went up with it to the temple with the other Israelites to worship the Lord there. It was wonderful. Wonderful then. But that was then, and this is now. Now it was different. Somehow he was unable to go up there. And his enemies were mocking him. But that doesn't mean that he therefore gives up on wanting to be there. Doesn't give up on his commitment to be there. No, not at all. He's faithful to the Lord. And then he keeps up that desire to worship in the temple. And then he says as we sang, Oh my soul, why are you grieving? Why disquieted in me? Put your hope in God, believing He will still your refuge be. See, the psalmist believes that things will change again too. Things are going to be different again. It's not always going to be this way. He's not always going to feel so far from the Lord and his house in Jerusalem and his people. He's committed to the Lord. The good times as well as the difficult times. No matter how he feels. Why are you here in church? Yes, because you love your God and Savior. But that love isn't always felt with the same intensity. And still though, even if it isn't felt with the same intensity, you're faithful. You're committed to him. Maybe you're sitting here in church today not because you had such an intense desire to be here Not because you rejoiced at meeting the Lord with his people here, but just because you're committed and you want to be true to him always. You want to be true to him who you know is always true to his people. He showed that in sending his son for us, how true he is to us, faithful. So you diligently attend his church to worship him with his people as he asks of you in the fourth commandment. To hear his word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly 
upon him and to give Christian offerings for the needy. And you do that again, not because you always feel so close to him, but because you're committed to him. You're faithful to him. And I want to emphasize that because a lot of evangelical churches today put all the emphasis on the feeling. Feeling the closeness of God, feeling the spirit, feeling the love. It's great to feel the love in church, but it's unrealistic to think you have to feel that every time you go to church or you're in church. Otherwise, you might as well not be there. Then you have to find another church where you, you get, that gives you that feeling again. Or you s- simply stop with church altogether. No, congregation, we're not just here to feel high about the Lord our God. Wonderful if you do, but we're here especially because we're committed to Him. To our faithful covenant God and Savior who gave us such gracious promises in Christ as we heard at the baptism this morning. His covenant is our stability, not how we feel. His promises. It's not all about us. It's about Him, especially. And that leads up to the second part of the sermon. We go to church to focus on on Him. Now, we have to be careful, beloved, because faithfulness is good. But, and commitment is, is, is right, but it could also become then a routine habit if there's no feeling in it at all. Right? And you know that those two, faithfulness and routine habit, are, are very close together. But they're, they're quite different. Going to church faithfully is different than going to church habitually or routinely. Faithfulness can become habit, so we need to ask ourselves from time to time whether we're here out of faithfulness, out of commitment to the Lord, or simply out of custom or habit. And maybe I can illustrate this again. Illustrate it with a pilot flame in a water heater or in a gas fireplace. You know you often have this small pilot flame that burns in, in those things to light the larger flame when there's a demand for, for heat. A pilot flame or pilot light isn't, isn't very much on its own. It just keeps burning. But when you turn on the hot water tap or turn up the thermostat, then that the flame lights, that little flame lights the larger one, which heats the water or the room. But the point I want to make is that it's good to have that little flame, that pilot flame, that pilot light burning in the water heater in the fireplace. It's good to have them there. But, but it's only good if there's also, on occasion, demand for hot water or demand for heat in a room. If you never need hot water, or you never need warmth in that room where that fireplace is, then it's no use to have the pilot light burning away there. You might as well follow the instructions for turning it off. Because it doesn't make any sense to keep that pilot light burning if there's never any demand for the big flame. Well, does the flame of faith in and love for the Lord sometimes burn big 
in your life so that you burn with zeal for the Lord and for the gospel? Do you ever leave church like that? With burning love and zeal for the Lord? Why do you go to church? Of course, out of faithfulness to the Lord, commitment to him as we mentioned before. But I hope also out of the desire to at least sometimes be lifted up by the Lord and by what he has to say to you in his word to have your heart burn with love and joy in the Lord that that flame goes up in your your heart. If you don't experience that sometimes, if there isn't at least the desire to sometimes burn with love and joy in the Lord, then I can understand why eventually you don't want to come here anymore. And then it's like with that pilot flame. There's never any call for to light the big flame, so the little flame might as well be put out. If there's never any desire for the big flame of love and joy in the church, in the Lord, in your life, then you might as well not go to church. No use keeping a pilot light burning for nothing. And, and you hear that sometimes too, Right? You hear that sometimes when you talk to people and meet with people in the area. And then they say, I used to go to church, but not anymore. Didn't get anything out of it, and I don't miss it either. And it's no wonder they don't miss it. Because you can only miss something if it used to be there before. Know what I mean? If you've never experienced the incredible love of God while watching a baptism... You never felt the comfort of belonging to Jesus Christ at his table. Never been touched by the joy of knowing him when you hear the gospel proclaimed. Well, then it's no big loss if you, on a certain day, you quit coming to church. No use keeping the pilot light alive if there's no desire for the big flame. You know know what you, you need to do if you think you haven't felt what I'm talking about? That flame, you don't quit church, but you humbly fold your, eye, uh, your, your hands and close your eyes and ask the Lord to give you that experience. To let that flame burn in you sometimes, the big one. For you understand, I hope, that you can't earn or force the important things in your life. You can only receive them. And that's how it is with experiencing God's love and grace in your life, in your heart. That's something you can only hold out empty hands for. Lord, let me know you. Let me experience your love and grace and peace in my heart. Lift me up. And then open your Bible too, of course. You need to know the Lord to experience him. And then you have to come to church like that too, prayerfully. You know, holding out empty hands. Let me experience your presence, your goodness. And congregation, then you realize that being here is not about this minister or that person or for whatever reason. But being here is all about God. Is about the Lord and you 
about God who holds out his hands to you and he keeps saying to you as he said to little Andrea Faith this morning, I don't care who you are or what you've done, but I want to be your God in Christ. That's what everything centers around here, around God and around Christ, his son. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, why go to church? To be faithful to the God who gave us such glorious promises in Christ. To be committed to him who committed himself to us. Signified and sealed that even by baptism. But also to keep our pilot light burning. So that even if the fire isn't lit today as we hoped it can burn maybe this afternoon, burn up, or, or next Sunday, or maybe the Sunday after, it'll flare up. But to keep that pilot flame alive, because it's ultimately about the hearts, God's heart and our hearts. It's about God's love for us in his son and our love for him through his son. And if that's not what it's about for you, then you can maybe go to a glorious church building with masses of people, have a big band in church with wonderful music, uplifting uh, words. None of those things are going to help. It has to be about the Lord, your gracious God in Christ, who committed himself to you. And it's about your commitment to him and your desire to know and experience his love. Why do you go to church? I hope, beloved, you come here for him to meet your awesome God. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the fourth commandment. Help us to remain free from the slavery of sin and Satan and to remember the day of rest For us today, the day our Savior rose to free us from that slavery of sin and Satan. The day of his resurrection. Father, help us to examine ourselves as to why we go to church. So that we don't get into a rut with that. That we just don't go out of habit or because other people uh, call us to do so. But... Because we want to be committed to you and faithful to you. And because we want to experience in our hearts the peace and joy of your promised salvation. Hear us, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, in whom alone there can be peace and rest. Amen. Let's join together in response to the proclamation. We'll sing hymn 11, the first five stanzas.